The following Dharma Talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. So I want to introduce um, our next topic of conversation, which is basically what, what helps us with this problem of stress, of suffering, activation, and yeah, what, uh, what's useful for us in relating to that in such a way that there's understanding that arises about how stress arises and how stress ceases. So this possibility of peace or relief or non-stress, happiness, you know, this is really why we're interested <laughs> in suffering. We're not just interested in suffering because we're masochistic and we're interested in it because we care. So it's coming from a, a pragmatic, compassionate point of view. We care. We care uh, that it hurts in a very direct, um, non-conceptual way. This is a natural interest that no one has to convince us of. When we check, when we're sensitive with our own direct experience, we find, oh yeah, this system, this nervous system, this whatever this is that we call me, it inclines towards wanting to be happy, wanting to be at ease, at peace, and um, shies away from, does not like, the experiences of pain and unhappiness, stress, misery, all the kinds of versions of dukkha, you know, from the more uh, subtle or less uh, intense to, to the bigger ones. And this may sound uh, just very obvious in, in a level it is, but yet we can be disconnected from that that truth of just that um, really innate movement towards happiness and away from suffering. And that's one of the um, purposes of meditation is to get us on that level close. And we may have a lot of opinions and ideas about ourselves and happiness and suffering on a conceptual level, philosophical level. But what do we actually know in our own direct experience? Not theoretically, but what actually, how does stress and suffering arise and cease right here in this heart? So we're really, in terms of the interest in being free, it's not a theoretical <laughs> interest, it's a direct interest. How does this heart, what do we know about this heart being free, getting bound up. What have we learned in our life? And so that's what um, we want to spend some time talking about now is basically what strategies, what practices, what teachings have been helpful to us that not just in a theoretical level, like that makes a lot of sense. That's a really elegant map. You know, it's a really elegant book that someone wrote, but which of those teachings and practices have we, you know, have made sense? We've tried them out and we've actually found, oh yeah, that, that way of looking at things, that way of 
relating to my experience, of understanding my experience, really helps me make sense of what I'm experiencing, really clarifies something and works basically. Like when I look in that way or when I relate to my experience in that way um, or when I do that, whatever, you know, action, um, practice, it works. It, it illuminates something. The mind understands something that it maybe wasn't understanding before and some letting go happens, some acceptance happens, some release of that tension, of that stress happens. And then we have some confidence like, oh, this works, whatever that that is. And I think part of our interest in doing this workshop was to sort of make that point that that's really what we're interested in. So those skillful means, you know, those practices, teachings, really the way to evaluate them is whether they work or not. So there's a famous teaching from early Buddhism kind of on this point of how do we know from all these different teachings, books, you know, I don't know if they had books at that time, but they had a lot of spiritual teachers with a lot of different conflicting views. So, you know, how there was a group of people, the Kalamas, who were confused by all these different systems and, and um, teachings and viewpoints and came to the Buddha looking for advice, like how do we know what's useful to follow? There's all these confident people with these very different systems, maps of what what's important. Um, and the Buddha gave really practical advice for them, criteria for them to be able to evaluate for themselves what is helpful. And it's, it's pretty common sense, but I think it's worth maybe mentioning because we, we can have a tendency to kind of adopt teachings maybe that come to us from different places, but, you know, kind of hold on to a teaching because it's, you know, our tradition, it's our family tradition, or because it makes a lot of sense, or it's presented with a lot of confidence, or it's very elegant. I think that's one that that we can often um, fall into because it's so nice to have teachings presented that make so much sense. And it's not even to say that any of those shouldn't be factors in how we decide what to try out. Um, oral tradition, teaching lineage, logic, reason of the competence of the speaker or because the person is one's teacher. So these are things the Buddha says. You shouldn't make your decision solely based on those, but he's not saying that, that those can't be, um, yeah, can't be... Um, reasons why we might check something out. But what we really can have confidence for ourselves is based on that teaching or practice, we can see for ourselves, is it wholesome or unwholesome, blameworthy or blameless, censured by the wise or praised by them, leading to harm or welfare, and conducive to suffering or happiness. So these the sense is that these are things we can know for ourselves just with our own you know, moral intuition and also just that inbuilt um, attraction towards happiness and, and pleasure and repulsion from pain and suffering. So 
the idea is that we can evaluate for ourselves um, whatever teachings or practices we take on. And so then the Buddha famously said, you know, everything he teaches is just suffering and the end of suffering. So it's pragmatic. It's not metaphysical. It's not about convincing anyone of, of some map. Any maps that are offered are just skillful means to address this, this issue that we have of stress. So from, from that point of view, then it's whatever works that, that does that for us. And so it doesn't all have to be Buddhist because the Buddha taught 2,600 years ago and things are very different then. The world is very different then and we're so impacted by our surroundings. We're such social animals and the social world of 2023 is very different from the social world of, you know, 500 BC. So it makes sense that we would, um, yeah, we would be open to and be looking for any skillful means that help us address this issue of suffering and the end of suffering. And suffering and the end of suffering, again, it isn't just conceptual. Like, there is an easy answer, like in Buddhism, you know, clinging is the cause of suffering. So, okay, we all know now, clinging is the cause of suffering. We can, we can leave, we've got it. But we need to see how that clinging manifests, and that will be different for each of us in our different personalities, upbringing, but also in our cultural context and, you know, the modern context. So, so yeah, it makes sense to be interested in the specifics as well as in the general principles, because if there's something we're missing about the specifics, um, there may be some, yeah, some relevant information there that will help us see it clearly and see, oh yeah, this is suffering. This is clinging. I didn't realize I was clinging to that because that felt so normal, so normalized. So just, yeah, assume that this is just who I am or this is just what's normal in society or normal in my family or whatever. That's just the way you do things. So sometimes, yeah, having more specific uh, names, words, maps for how we cling can help us see that it's clinging and not just something that we're sort of taking for granted. Okay, I think that's maybe enough as an introduction. And I'll just um, give some, some prompts. We'll do small groups now. And the idea is to talk about, just share, uh, what teachings, maps, practices have been helpful for us in our lives. Um, and they can be Buddhist ones, they can be non-Buddhist ones. You know, it's kind of like giving and giving sort of what's, what's working for you these days or what's been really important for you, what's been really meaningful. Some teaching, you know, for some people, for a lot of us, just hearing... You know, hearing something or reading something in a book, it can really have this impact because it connects with our direct experience. So, you know, there may be some phrase that's just really meaningful, meaningful for you right now or was before. It really helps you connect with wisdom, not just theoretically, but in the moment, you know, when there's stress, when something's arising, you know, maybe some, some teaching. So you could share that. And so part of what we're talking about here is 
what's called faith sometimes in Buddhism, or if you don't like that word, confidence. So what do we have confidence in? And we sometimes talk with faith that initially we're borrowing faith, we're borrowing confidence. So maybe from some teacher like the Buddha or someone else, someone who we have some trust that they checked something out in their own experience and they presented something, um, you know, that's, that's useful. So you can share, you know, teachings, practices, basically skillful means. What's, what's been helpful for you? You know, and obviously that's a huge question. We could probably all think a lot of us here have practiced for a long time in Buddhist traditions and probably other traditions. So there's a lot. So, you know, obviously we won't have time to say everything, but just kind of, if you were going to offer to someone just like what's really working for you right now, what's really meaningful, helpful for you right now. That's one way you could you could choose. And then also we can talk about what is our relationship to these teachings that have been really helpful to us now and, and throughout our lives, through our practice. Yeah, and I think this is this is interesting. Um, just to be honest, like yeah, I, I I'm attached. Like this system or this tradition or this way of looking at things, it's been really helpful for me and I'm attached to it. Like in the sense that I really believe in it. I have a lot of confidence, faith in it, you know, and I think there's a difference between that and attachment. You know, we might say attachment is some taking it. Yeah. Maybe being, yeah, maybe I won't define it, but just to, just to say it's okay. <laughs> it's okay if you're attached to what's been really useful for you. Maybe that's natural, you know, in this world that's confusing when we come across things that are really helpful for us. So just to talk about, you know, what is your relationship to that? It may be devotion. Like I'm really devoted. Like this, this has been so helpful. I have a devotion, devotional relationship to it. Or it may be, yeah, no, I'm pretty, I'm skeptical. Like, yeah, it's, I'm still testing it out. It seems to make sense, but um, but it's more of a practical relationship to the teaching. And in that same vein, we could talk about how do we use these teachings in skillful ways? And maybe how have we used teachings in unskillful ways, like just reading book after book after book, trying to get you know it all lined up perfectly in our head before actually doing any practice. So that's kind of what we're getting at is both what are the teachings that we really are meaningful, helpful, and then how have we related to them? How have we related to them in skillful ways and maybe in unskillful ways, you know, being really uh, attached to them, not maybe not being open to other seemingly conflicting ideas. And the idea is, is to look at our relationship to views, including spiritual views, psychological views, and maybe ways that yeah, we may limit for, for some reason, like, you know, it may be, I'm a Buddhist. So all that psychology stuff, you know, it's on the surface or something, or I'm a, I'm more in, uh, more trained in Western psychology and all that Buddhist stuff is just getting out of the, you know, it's so high and mighty and getting out of the weeds of what it's actually like to be alive and, and feel. So any, you know, I'm just giving some examples. Hopefully that makes sense of kind of what we're, what we're exploring. Yeah, so that like confidence or faith in, in teachings, how is that confidence and faith 
helped us take that next step and make effort or try something out? And maybe how has faith or confidence kept us from making effort? Maybe like, oh, I already, I got it all intellectually, so I'm good. Or I have so much faith in how psychologically messed up I am that I'm, I'm not going to make effort. So what role does this faith or confidence play in our, in our practice? This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.